0: where do you go from here? This morning, um, I want to talk about our primary calling. And it's nothing new, and yet it is. Um, I want to demystify some truths that we've been taught that I don't believe are accurate in him because of our inability to see as he writes. You see, we don't have to recreate anything, we just have to see what's here. And an inability to see what's here has you recreating your own version of what's here. And so we never quite enter into the life that's contained within Christ because we've redefined what it actually even looks like because we don't have eyes to see what's already contained. We don't have to recreate anything. We need to stop if we are. What we need is eyes to see, ears to hear what already is finished and completed. Then we're able to walk in an alignment to what already is. So I want to demystify some things when I talk about The church's primary calling because I pretty much guarantee when I ask people this it's all to do with function first so when I ask people what you think the primary function is for your life it's about doing something for God rather than becoming someone in God and hear me I'm not saying there are not works that need to be done but all those works come from the realm of faith not flesh not good intention, not guilt, fear, I should, I need to find myself of purpose and worth and accomplishment. All the works that God wants us to do, which have been prepared beforehand, are in the realm of faith, which is an invisible realm to the naked eye. But to the spiritual eye, it's a seen and known reality, correct? So am I in a relationship with Christ that I see in the realm of faith the works that have been prepared in the invisible before I ever was? So just like my life was bought and paid for before I ever entered life, same with the works. It comes from the eternal realm. So what is the church's primary calling? Because I'm telling you today, it is not firstly found in function. It is found in relationship. And in relationship, the function is then defined. But a lack of relationship will have you defining function, and we will always be outside of a life that's supposed to be in us. Every scripture I read now says in, 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 in. Christ in me is the hope of glory, not Christ around me. Not Christ coming and giving me a nice warm feeling. Christ being formed in me. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. The power is formed in me, not around me. Even though there is the manifest presence of God, what about the indwelling power of God living within a person, being released from a person? So what is our true primary calling? You have been called for a very specific, intentional purpose. Do you know what that is? And I'm going to tell you today. So I'm going to demystify it, what we create mystery around. Oh, you can't know that stuff, rubbish. Oh, you can only even know in part, do you know how big that part is? You see, we justify ourselves out of the answers that are right in front of us, I believe because of fear. Because sometimes we're afraid of what that's going to mean. We look and we look through the lens of loss, not gain. But Peter said, I've left everything. Where else am I going to go? Because I've realized that only in you is life. So it doesn't matter how bad it gets. I know thousands now of disciples are leaving you. Because you said something they didn't like, but I'm not going anywhere because I know and I've come to believe you are the Messiah. So where else is there anywhere else to go on the earth apart from running into you? No, the answer is there's not. So what on earth is our primary calling? Come with me to Ephesians five, seventeen. Ephesians five, seventeen, And while... We're getting there. I just want to share this because I believe the Holy Spirit said this to me to remind us all of something. Um obviously this message, this theme around pressure test, it's kicked off. Like it's a thing that the spirits put on my heart months ago. I shared the first message, Simon's added to it, Sandra's added to it, and it's a theme I think God still wants to continue to build. But what he said, this he said Greg, remind my people that's not my primary purpose for bringing them into life. It's my secondary purpose. My primary purpose is me. Revelation of me. Matthew twenty six twenty six. I started with it when I spoke the first message was, I give you my body and I give you my blood. For the purpose of life, so when the pressure comes on, you don't have to have it formed in you, you've got it in you. And the life in you rides the pressure. So God's primary purpose, the way he gets truth into us, is not through pressure, it's through revelation of himself, and a person that is being revealed is a person that loves God. So a person is found at his feet, asking, seeking, knocking, not once, their whole life because they've fallen in love with God. So I love my wife. I spend a lot of time with my wife. It's not like, well, I love you, Danny, and see you later. We spend time. We hang out. We talk. We're developing our relationship And through that, guess what? I come to know more about my wife than what I ever knew before. Why? Because she's a mystery. Amen. (laughs) That's what he is. He's a mystery that's to be known. So do we cherish the mystery? That's to be known because we spend time, and through time, through his power, he brings us the reality of himself. So I no longer have to recreate what my purpose is or what my calling is. He shows me what it is. He reveals it in me, and now I just live out what he was put in me. I don't try to be a Christian. I just live as one. Because of the revelation that's being filled into me through the power of God, not through study, not through intellectualism, not through my ability to learn, but through God's power, I receive more of revelation, which enables me to just live it out. It's called living from rest. Have you heard that story? But it comes through revelation, revelation. Revelation is the key to transformation. Revelation is the key to walk out life, revelation. A man cannot receive anything unless it's received from heaven, John 3, 27. And if you're not on that, then he says, okay, I'm going to put you in some pressure. I love you so much, I'm going to allow pressure. Because why? Because we're wandering around doing our own thing. We're sheep eating from another pen. He goes, how do I get people's attention when I have so much because they are called for a purpose? How do I get my people off themselves and onto me? Man, he is patient. He is kind. He is gentle. He is faithful. He is long-suffering while we run around. So he says, you know what? If, they won't, if I can't get them through love, I've got to get them through a bit of a thing called discipline. I've got to allow certain things to happen. I may even place them in a wilderness so it happens so they learn who I am. And if they know who I am, they're going to know who they are. And if they know who they are, look out. Because if you know who you are, then when the enemy comes along, he can't deceive you because you know who you are. You only believe a lie because you don't know the truth. If I said to you one and one equals three, you would all go, what a load of rubbish because you know one and one equals two. So if you know the truth, you don't believe the lie. The only reason we believe the lie is because we don't know the truth to that measure. And so that's where deception is. That's his master plan. He takes the word of God and tries to twist it to see whether you know it. And God will allow it. Satan has asked to sift you, Peter. But I've prayed that your faith would be strong. Because I've seen the end from the beginning. I've written it. Peter, I know you've got to go through this to become the Peter that i am called you to be. And it's okay because I will be in you. I will be with you. And I will walk with you. And I will carry you when you want to run. I will be there. I will never leave you or forsake you. But his heart is, I give you me. So when life happens, you have more life in you than what's coming at you. Greater is Christ in me that's in the world. The hope of glory is Christ in Greg, in the church, which is greater than the rubbish coming at Greg greater than any political law that the government want to put in place about anti-this and this and this and this, greater is the Christ in me than anything you can throw at me. Why? Because I know my and our calling, and I'm entering into the process. And when you enter into the primary process of God, you get built And you are built strong, and you are built on love, and you are built on joy, and you are built on peace, and you are built on patience, and kindness, and power, and you have a substance in you greater. So what is the will of God? It says here in Ephesians 5, 17, So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. The common question I've heard in seventeen years of walking with Jesus is, what is the will of God for my life? The Bible tells you, and yet we still ask the question: why? because we are recreating something that's already in front of us that we don't have eyes and ears to see or hear. So he tells you, do not be foolish. There are five wise and five foolish followers of Jesus, aren't there? Don't be one of the foolish ones that continues to ask questions that you've already got the answers for. Seek the one of the answer and he will tell you through power. So he's saying here, Paul, know what the will of God is. Now Ephesians, the theme of Ephesians is eternal purpose. The whole theme of the book is the eternal purpose for you and I. It's a really, really, really important letter. The Bride of Christ is contained in it along with other scriptures. The armor of God is contained within it which is Jesus Christ. Funny that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it goes five, the bride, six, the armor? You get this understanding. You better have your armor on because you're coming under attack and you better be ready for it. Why is the fivefold giftings in the book of Ephesians? In one book, in six chapters, there is a world of Jesus Christ knowledge contained for you and I that we would understand. I am building a church through the Spirit of God and these five leadership giftings, ascending giftings, and they all have a function to play because I'm going to build a bride And the bride of Christ, when she starts to be built, will attract persecution because she starts living the life that she's been called to live. For I have called her to live a life beyond the earth. She's called to be ambassadors. She's called to represent heaven. She's called to be the prototype. Thanks, Amanda Smith. I can't get that word out of my head. The prototype of the firstborn. So please, what on earth is our primary calling? For we need to not know about it. We need to have a revelation of it so we can live it. Are you interested to know? Then I pray, Spirit of God, that you would enlighten our hearts to hear what is about to come out of our mouth. Because, Father, if we don't hear it through the Spirit, we will never hear it. We will leave unchanged and we will still ask the same question we've been asking for the last so many years. So, Spirit of God, I pray for revelation. I pray the Spirit of revelation and wisdom, the Spirit of truth, would teach us today in the name of Jesus in which every name is born again and built. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 5.17, we just read it. Ephesians 4 verse 1. Let's turn there. Paul again. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you. He'd say, if he could mandate it, he would. If he could make us, he would. But God doesn't make anybody, does he? He gives you a choice. He puts in front of you this incredible banquet called himself, and he says, choose today which one you will choose me or you, life or death. So Paul is here. He's a prisoner of the Lord. That's a great thing. It's called a bond servant. He is in chains for the gospel. The man is so in love. He doesn't want to do anything else but represent heaven and go through whatever he has to go through to honor his father, the church, And a lost will. The man is so consumed in love, not law, love, that he then writes this for you and I that we would follow, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. He says, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Are we walking in a manner worthy of what we've been called for? What manner? What calling? The one we're about to hear. I'm just building it up, getting you (laughs) excited. Didn't we cover some weeks ago Jesus saying that if love is being perfected in you, You would walk in the manner in which Christ walked. That's 1 John 2, 5 and 6. See, they all knew the same calling, so they wrote about it for us. They were all saying the same thing differently. And Paul says, you know what? It's not a bad thing to remind you all again what it's really all about. Why would he say that? Because he knows people are being led astray. He knows because he has a knowledge of what he knows. He has a reference for something greater so he's able to see and hear when people are walking away from what they've been called for. Your life was not your own. It is a gift, isn't it? And he gives you this thing called life. And he says, what are you going to do with the gift that was given? Are you going to give it back or are you going to hold on to it? You have a choice as to what you want to do. You can hold your life or you can give your life. And if you hold the gift of life, you will eventually lose it. But if you lose the gift of life, you will gain it. So I put in front of you today, church, a decision to be made. Why? Because there is a calling, for you have been called before you even were. You were called for something. Was it to be a professional football player? No. Was it to be a father? No. Was it to be a husband? No. Was it to be a brother? No. Was it to be A, B, C? No, not primarily. It was to be mine. And then to walk with me. Not for me, with me. Not from me, with me. Not under or above me, but with me. For the word is God and was with God. Here's the dilemma. We're miles in front of him or miles behind him. Which one are you? Or are you with him? Is he showing you things that have been freely given to you because of the closeness of your walk with God? By faith Noah built an ark because God spoke to Noah about unseen things. So how, how many times or how often, what are the unseen things that he's sharing with you and I that you know that you could come up and give living testimony to right now because your walk with him is that close? Because by faith, Noah was revealed things that are unseen. And Paul says these things have been freely given to the church that they would know what? What eye has not yet seen, what ear has not yet heard, what has not yet entered the heart of the church. All that God has prepared for those who love Him. But it's revealed through the Spirit. Can you hear the Word? Not my words, the Word. He's saying, "I have things for you. Do you want to know what they are? Because many ears and many eyes haven't got a clue, because they don't love me. They profess to. But if they love me, they'd spend time with me, and if they spend time with me, I'd give them the things that are yet to be discovered. Because that is my heart, for you have been called. Come me to Romans 12 verse 2. Is this okay? Thanks, Chris. Feel encouraged. I shared this when I was with Faith Point that the word of God, if it is the word of God, should create a reaction or a response. You would either love it or hate it. Which one right now are you loving on me? You're going to wish this guy would shut up or bring it on. See, the word of God is creative. It's powerful. It's dynamic. It pierces the thoughts and challenges the heart of man. The purpose for it is to build man up but not bring man down. But if man hasn't fallen on the cornerstone, then pride still exists. And pride and spirit do not go well together. Jesus said, those who have fallen on me will be broken to pieces. Meaning, the spirit of pride will be smashed all over the place. And then he says, now blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven being built within. So have you been smashed yet? Have you fallen on the rock to the point where you've been obliterated, meaning your spirit of pride that exists in every human being? Because it's it's, with that that separates us from God. You don't want to go to the second part of that scripture that says those that he falls on are in significant trouble. So the smashing is to produce life. And the truth, when it's spoken, because someone's gone through that process and they're in this life and they speak, whoever that person is, and living water comes out because it's the Word of God, it'll cut. It'll be like a lion that roars, but it's love. So we need to handle this because Jesus says, I come to divide. And bring unity. But you can't have unity where there's division. So I need to go to the work on the heart of man. And I need to give him myself. And I must come in my power into man. Otherwise man wants to be me. And man will only ever see what man wants to see through man's lens. Man will come up with man's outcome. And those outcomes are different from mine. So, Romans 12, verse 2, what an amazing passage again from this guy called Paul. And do not, say, do not, be conformed to this world. NIV says to the patterns of this world. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the flesh. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. Do not be conformed to the kingdom of darkness which you're all from, don't be conformed any longer. I died, I rose again, I birthed you with a new spirit that you can live from the spirit of truth and that you would come into the ways, the patterns of heaven. Tracking with me? So he's do not, that's pretty strong, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the studying of the word through my ability to learn, no, by the renewing of your mind. Can a man renew his own mind? No. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool that you and I cannot renew our minds without the Spirit of God? Do you know it's a safety mechanism God gives you and I to protect ourselves from ourselves? Yet you can fight that and go on a journey and think you can if I just study it. If I learn the Hebrew, the Greek, the this, the that, if I look at the words and you know understand it in my mind, then I'm gonna have life. I would say, hey getting on with that if that's your operating system, if that's your pattern. Are you able to love when you are persecuted to death yet? Do you have a joy in you that's greater than happiness and feelings? You see, the operating systems of heaven produce the fruit of heaven. The operating systems of man produce the fruit of man. You have to be apprehended by which operating system you're in. Why? Because, guys, there is a calling. What is this about? I've called you for a specific agenda, purpose, and it's mine. It's my dream. It's my game. It's my story. It's my plan. Stop asking me what your plan is and my plan and learn what my plan is. Jesus didn't say, Father, what's my plan and your plan? He said, Father, I'm here to do your will, period. Why? Because he knew the Father's plan. He never asked what's the will of God. He knew it. And then he comes to earth and says, do you want to know it? You can know it. You can know it today. But it has to come through the spirit of revelation. Otherwise, you won't hear it. And he's been speaking it for nine long years here. It's nine seconds in him. It's in a book. Have you found it by reading Bird's Eye View yet? It's in there. See, we have to hear this. We have to hear what I'm saying. You have to be able to feel the tension that you're feeling. You have to be able to feel that, oh, it feels a bit tight. It feels like someone's put me in a vice. Mm-hmm. It's called Jesus. Oh, I don't like this Jesus. Well, it's still the other side of Jesus that you might not yet know. He's called a lion of Judah, no longer a lamb. But it's not for the purpose of hurting you. He loves you. It's for the purpose of you becoming who you've been called to be. So he then says this, if your mind is renewed through my power of my word, not the words on the page, if you try and understand the words without the word, you will get entangled in stuff. Can you hear that? If you try to understand the words without the word, you will get entangled in you. You will never find life that he promises The Word must define the words. So we must always read this through the lens of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of truth. We believe it's two parts. It's one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is not two. He's one. So it's the Spirit of truth revealing the truth of Himself then the words make sense. Outside of that, it's just a book that may be written in another language and I'm going, okay. So I never know what the will of God is. But it's written in English, I know. And it's right in front of me, yeah, I know. But I still don't know what it is. It doesn't make much sense, does it? Do you know why? Because it's not an intellectual thing. It's a spiritual thing. Jesus said understanding starts in the spirit, which is the heart. The heart symbolic of the spirit. So understanding doesn't start in your ability to learn. So we'll never know what we're called for if that's our operating system. Hence, he tells you to get your mind renewed. Why, Greg? So that you may prove what the will of God is. So if my mind is being renewed by God's power of his word through the spirit, I'm going to prove what the will of God is that is good and acceptable and perfect. It's not a mystery, is it? It's a known fact which they're now living out. It's very simple it's so simple we miss it it's profoundly deep but it's very simple so now let's go to Romans 8 and you'll all know this passage I guarantee you but do you know it true knowledge is demonstrated that's how you know whether you know it okay Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds, her actions. I can't claim wisdom if I'm not living it. It's just called pride. That's why it's different from the world. Wisdom in the world is intellectual understanding of the knowledge of a topic, which fills me with power because I'm the expert in cancer. And everyone needs to come to me because I'm the expert in cancer Hear what I'm saying? In Christ, we're all to be perfected by love, yeah? We're all to be the same. We're all to be maturing in Christ. But the operating system between that and that is completely different. You have to hear this out of love because there's a calling and this is what it is. Our victory in Christ is the title. Are we living a victory-filled life? Simple question. Jesus came, he died, that we would live victory lives, yes? Not be victims, not be victims of our past, our present, but victors, Greg, what on earth have I been called? What's the process? In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. (laughs) Aren't you grateful the Spirit also helps your weakness? For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit has been assigned a task to help us understand what the purposes of God are. How well do you know the Spirit of God? He's a person. In the same way, the Spirit helps our weakness for we do not know how to praise; we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches God, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Why? Because they're one. It's not three, it's one. And they all know each other's business because they're one, because they were all there at the beginning. For the saints, according to the will of God, Who are the saints? Are we living as saints? Because we know the will of God. Here we go. This is the bit we all know. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who... Oh, okay, so he works all things together for those who love him. To those who are called according to his... Purpose. Oh. So there seems to be a little bit of a stipulation in there. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. It's one thing to say it, does your life match it? To those who are called, there's that word again, invited. That's what it means. Invited. To all those who are invited according to His purpose. His purpose, His eternal purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. Those He foreknew. Psalm one thirty nine thirteen to sixteen. Go look that up. Before you ever were, every days were numbered, it was decided, you were hand selected, you were chosen if you know him, you were hand picked, if you're here, you may actually not yet know him, and you're already predestined to know him. It is written, finished, done. Predestined to something foreknew him, was predestined to what? Be conformed to the image of his Son. That's your calling. That's the primary purpose of God. To be conformed to the image of the Son so that he would be the firstborn, this is Jesus, among many Brethren. Doesn't Hebrew say he's not ashamed to call us brethren? Yes, it does. And those he predestined, he called. These whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he glorified. It doesn't say sanctification in there. No, because that's the conformed pattern of being into the image of the Son. You see, there's work out your salvation. It's not a completed, but it is a completed work. Did you understand what I just said? Righteousness, garment of righteousness is mine. Now work out your salvation with me because I'm going to transform you into the very image of who I am. And you will have much fruit If you're in this, you will model sonship. You will model what it looks like for I have adopted you and the spirit of my father entered into your heart and that spirit cried Abba Father, not yours, that spirit. And it connected you and reconnected you to the earth, to heaven, from heaven to the earth, for I've called you to be like the Son. So how are we getting on with being conformed, transformed, renewed into the pattern of the sun? And out of that place, everything flows. It's the well, it's the wellspring, it's the water. He came to the woman in John 4 and said, hey, ask of me and I'll give you living water. She said, you don't have a bucket. He's like, I know you've got no clue what I'm talking about. If you did, you would ask me and I would give you rivers of living water. There would be a wellspring bubbling up in you, lady. But you don't ask because you don't know, because you can't see. And yet, the calling is to be conformed into the image of the Son, so I'm living as the Son. Do you know why Jesus came down in the form of man? To show you and I what's possible as a man. So yes, he was God, but he was fully man on earth. So everything he did was man. Why? To show man what's possible when a man or a woman is surrendered under the authority of the Father with the power of heaven, with the word of God being formed. You can live it out. We go, no, that's Jesus. No, it's to be the church. And we, unbelief, take ourselves out of the calling. And so we never find it, which means we never live it. And we run around having arguments about discussions about A, B, and C. And God's going, when is the church going to wake up and start living as my people? To know the will of heaven and to enter into it and to go, I'm in God's will because it's being perfected in me. I'm proving it through the transformation of my life. Hello. Hello. The proving of God's will is that you and I are changing. Are you changing? Are you different? Do you have more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more power, more life? That's how you know you're in the will of God. It's not a mystery. It's not something God's going to get you to do like go to England primarily. That's what we've taught because we don't know the inner work because we're scared of it, because that means, oh my goodness, I don't know if I want what's in that heart to come out. Well, God sees it anyway. You're only limiting yourself. I'm waiting patiently for you to turn and start seeking because that thing or that stuff or those other lovers or those passions or those desires are robbing you from the calling Let me read what goes on past this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He's so in our team, it ain't funny. Can we seal that today? That he is in our team. He's in our team. Then he says this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us, us all, how will he not also give him free, sorry, how how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, he who was raised, who was set at the right hand, who also, listen to this, intercedes for us. Not only is the Spirit of God interceding, Christ is interceding. Well, for us, that we would understand our calling and live in the calling. I mean, you don't get much better than the Holy Spirit and Jesus praying for you. I mean, what more do you want? That's the A team, man. That's not me or the elders. That's the AAA team. Man. Then he says this. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? See, if you're being conformed into the image of the Son, there's no issues. Who can separate you from love? Nobody. Then he's about to tell you this. Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. For your sake, for our sake, people have gone before us that we would hear this message. They laid their lives down. They gave their life for the gospel to see the church become the church of the gospel, not another gospel. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Here you go. But in all these things, what things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. But in all of those things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him, not through me, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Death, momentary light affliction, turned to what? The eternal weight of glory. It's a blip, and yet in the world we think it's massive. I'm not undermining death, please hear me, but we need to get a biblical perspective on it because there is no death in Christ, and when you know there's no death in Christ, there's only life. Doesn't the Bible say, didn't we sing about a powerful name that is, that rose from the grave and? Said here, have an indestructible, eternal, forever life spent with me. I'm out of order right now being on earth with you. I'm out of order. My position, my true position, my calling, my home is eternity with my Father. So I'm on assignment here on earth at the moment until the number is called, Simnor474. Up you come. <laughs> Hallelujah! Out of here. But while I am here, hear me, while I am here, I want to be the greatest ambassador on the planet for my father. I want to represent my father well. I want, to be pr- I want him to be proud of me. I want to do it his way. I want to come into his life that he promised me. I do not want to come short of anything that's promised in this word. So I must, I must, if I want this life, I must be found at his feet. I can't say it. I can't urge it any more than what I'm giving you right now. I hope you can hear. I hope you'd be stirred. I hope you'll be awake, that you can know the will of God. You can know the calling. It's for us. It's not individual. It's for you and us. It's us. We are one. It's not different to the person beside you. It's the same thing. Conform to the image of the Son. Conform to the image of the Son. Conform, 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 conform. Then you have the bride. You have the body. You have the sons that creation is waiting for. It is not individual, guys. The works that he will have me do that are found in faith are. You will not all be an apostolic gift on your life, called to do this. You'll be called to DJ. You'll be called to teach. You'll be called to be a parent. You'll be called to do all these things. They are works. The will of God is the same for the body of Christ. It's one purpose, one intent. And we've hoodwinked ourselves because we've told everybody, you've got a dream and you've got a purpose. So go and find it all. And what we haven't done is given the other side of the picture. So everyone's looking for things that they still haven't found. Asking, seeking, knocking, and God's going, I'm just looking for a people that would be interested in my will. And Until you start asking the right questions, you're never going to get that, because that would only lead you astray. And some of us have become so frustrated and disillusioned with God because we're asking for the wrong thing. You're waiting for the wrong thing and you're asking for the wrong thing. So disillusionment, frustration has set in and you need to hear the word. You need to feel the force of that word that sometimes you want to go, I'm going to run. That can't be Jesus. Let me tell you, it's Jesus. He may be meek and mild, but he's powerful and knowing of all. And don't mess with him. Seriously. Know the lion, know the lamb, know when which one is turning up. You get it round the wrong way, you wait for a lovely W that comes like this, and he's going, no, no, this is going to come straight between your eyes. Boom but it is all love. You see, if we are being conformed to this image, guys, nothing can separate you from the love of heaven. You are more than an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. The outcome, the outworking is I am more than a conqueror. William Wallace, I'm more than him. I'm more than, I'm not just living victoriously, I'm more victorious It's endless. It grows. It's beyond. It knows no limits. It's untapped. It's unlimited. How much do you want? Why? Because I want you to be wells that go refresh dry land. There is so much dry land in the body of Christ. It's dry. It's barren. And the cool thing is, God meets you in the wilderness. He was in the wilderness with the Israelites, wasn't he? Sometimes he's, not that he's more with you, but you can hear him better in the wilderness because in the wilderness it's like, ah, I've been waiting for that call. That's why I led you into the wilderness. Deuteronomy 8, he took them there to show them food they had not yet eaten. He'll take you places you don't want to go. And then we justify it away in the name of Jesus and say, oh, God's calling me out of this. No, he's calling you into it. He called Peter into Gethsemane. He called him into, but he also said to him, son, you will go where I've gone. Son, I'm going to allow Satan to shift you. you got to be careful that one. And I pray because I'm with you that your faith will sustain that. Because you're no longer who, Simon? You're now Peter. That was the first thing he said to him in John. Can you imagine that, walking up to Jesus? And he goes, hey, you walk up, you're no longer Chris, you're Bruce. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Heary man. <laughs> Why? Because he wants to reshape Peter's, Simon's identity. He's a fisherman. He says, man, I've got to rename you. I've got to give you a new name. It's called sonship. It's called identity. All you know is what you know. You're a fisherman. But now I'm calling you to be fishers of men. I'm calling you to a spiritual dimension. So I have to start by changing your name because we're going to change a lot more things than that in you because identity is so heavily linked to who we were. But is your identity linked to who you are? And then with who you are, what is the calling of who you now are? And the will of God is the confirmation, the conforming, the transforming of the church into the prototype called Jesus Christ. And you will know whether that work is happening because the fruit is the evidence of the building work because Jesus said, I build my church and my church, the gates of Hades, don't overpower it. Can you hear the same scripture in Matthew as what I've just read here in Romans? Paul says it, Jesus says it, say it differently, it's the same thing. I build a strong people, because they are built through me. And those that are built through me, the flesh, the world, and the enemy have no show, no place, no game. Because those people know who they are and they just live it out. Because they're being conformed into my image. Did the enemy ever pull one over on Jesus? So if we're to be the prototype, he's the prototype. He's the firstborn of the brethren. Then is the world and the enemy and the flesh to have any impact on us? Now, it's a process of growth. It's a process of maturity. But how long have we been in this? How long have we been walking with the Lord? Some of us for years some of us for five minutes, ultimately God's like going, it doesn't matter, what matters is if you acknowledge where you're truly at and then start turning, repenting, having a mind shift and start sitting because I have called you for far greater than what you're currently living and I've called you as a body, not as individuals, as a body to walk this out with me. And I've given gifts that you're going to need to actually acknowledge, understand, surrender to, walk with, walk underneath. Maybe they're going to be over you and you need to surrender to that to receive the fullness of my design. If you don't enter into the pattern, you cannot receive the life. And it feels like you're going to be squeezed And I've heard people say to me, you feel like you're squeezing me. Where's the freedom in that? And I go, you know what? There's so much freedom through the narrow pathway, it's scary. But there's got to be a squeeze first because it's called your flesh, your mindset that still hasn't been renewed, looking at something and it's not going, that can't be right, and it is right. And so the squeeze calls us to run away, not run into. It's a narrow gate. Very many people find destruction. Only few find this life. But we've all been called for an abundant life. It's not, hey, Paul Costolo, I've chosen you out of everyone at the rock to be more than a conqueror, it's an invitation. It's just whether we are inviting ourselves to the invitation or receiving the invitation and then allowing, can I say this, his process. So now you know what the will of God is. Let me tell you again, the will of God is your personal transformation into the image of Jesus Christ. So you can live like Jesus Christ. You're not a mini God. You're not mini-gods, we're not these, we are who we are, but we have another person that's inhabited us, his name is Jesus. He's forming himself in us, which means I have his mind, so if I have his mind, I have his heart, I have his heart, I have his mind, I can see as he does, I speak like he does, I act like he does, I'm able to administer like he does. It says, prove that you are my disciples by having much fruit produced within you. So that's what all of our wills are, his will for us, period. And out of that, you'll discover works. Don't try and discover the works without that process. Don't be a hero. Race off. Allow the process. And just like it says, signs and wonders follow, they follow those that are in Christ. They don't become the goal, they just follow the goal. He never fed 15,000 people primarily just to feed them. He fed them so they turned to him because he said, I'm the bread of life. Why you continue to eat food that perishes? Eat of me. See, we focus on the miracle. We make the miracle the big thing and we miss the real big thing. The big thing is he's saying, I am, not me, I am the bread of life. And you cannot live on the food you're currently eating alone. If you want what you're called for, period. Amen. Father, I thank you that you are breathing. You've been breathing for so long here. And I pray you would continue to give us ears to hear you and a heart to receive you. And God, the strength and the power to embrace change and transformation. I pray we would surrender the things that are in our hearts and our minds that continue to separate us from you, even though we don't know we are in the sense of this life that you have calling us to. You've covered us, you've graced us, you're patient with us, and you're waiting for us to allow you to build the way you want to build us. So I pray it won't be through pressure, but it will be through revelation, through love. In Jesus' name, amen.